Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled A Study of Prayer based on the book How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson 15, The Wall of Improper Motives. study that we have been conducting uh, on prayer and we are moving through. We're on lesson, I believe it's four, 15 tonight. 14 was last week. Tonight is 15. And, and last week, we talked about a, a new heading, uh, Barriers to Our Prayers. Uh, and last week, we talked about one barrier in our prayers would be strained relationships. If we let anger or malice or hard feelings uh, grow and fester towards someone, there's going to be a barrier to our being able to pray to the Lord uh, with, a, with a, clear, a clean and clear mind and heart. And so that was our topic last week. Here's another barrier to prayer. It's called the wall of improper motives is what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, again, this is a, a book on prayer. It was written by Dr. Ronnie Floyd. He is, uh, he's been a pastor for many years. He is now a leader uh, in, the, uh, in the administrative way of the Southern Baptist Convention. But he begins this section noting the rapid and the even scary changes. Now, remember, we're going to be talking about the church in general here tonight, not necessarily us in particular. Maybe we'll bring up some particular points. But in general, he's talking about some of the, the, the developments in the church. And this book was last edited in 2019. So we're two years out now from uh, his study. But he said when he first began as a pastor, which was in the early 1970s, there was a great love and connection to the local church. Uh, and I thought when he said that, uh, I know there was a, a lady here, uh, and, and when I first came, Eva Drummond was her name, and she would talk about Clifford Baptist Church being the center of the community. Uh, it was the centerpiece and the gathering place and the place of fellowship for the community. So everybody did their farming work through the week, but on the weekends, this was the gathering place. And that big old oak tree that's outside of the chapel she said that uh, when she brought her family to the church, she would tie her horse, whose name was Robin, to that tree. Uh, and she told me that uh, for, long, for many years, a long time, that tree was called Robin's Tree. Uh, but that was the connection, a connection of fellowship uh, in, the, in the community. And it was kind of the centerpiece of the community. And it had been that way for many decades, uh, a major source of strength for people as they gathered together. Uh, the church in the day had tremendous respect. The pastor was highly respected in the community. Uh, the church actively sought out lost people. Uh, we, we have such a, an avenue of seeking the lost right now with streaming and a worldwide touch amazingly from this little community. But, of course, back in the day, the church was the community fixture and looked for lost people in our very uh, neighborhoods and at our back door. Years later, Ronnie Floyd says, changes have come to the church. The church is not the centerpiece of life anymore. And of course, we know that that's true. 
Uh, whereas Little Clifford Baptist Church sat in this little community and it was the, the one gathering place uh, where families came. Now there are so many attractions of life, uh, too many other things crowding out what the church does and stands for and the fellowship that it offers. There's fellowship in so many other places. And I can quickly tell you the fellowship is not anything like the church fellowship. It's not as deep. It's, it's uh, a surface-level fellowship. The fellowship of the church is lifetime fellowship. Fellowship between brothers and sisters and people who come to love and know one another on a deep level. Uh, and so the church is quite different from the world. Uh, Ronnie Floyd says the church is not as respected as it used to be. I think that's true. Of course, you know, the church over the last 20, 30 years has been rocked uh, with scandal. Uh, and, and because the, the lost world looks at the church and they see scandals that have happened in the church and, 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 and popular ministers uh, who became very trusted figures, and they fell. Uh, and, and so the, the lost world looks at that and says, the church is no different from us. Uh, so we've lost a lot of respect in the community. In general, uh, people don't give much of their time to serve the Lord. It's quite different to say, I go to church and I sit in a pew for an hour a week, uh, and I get up, and sometimes I I'm get here on Wednesday nights. Wonderful. We need to worship together. We need to study together. We need to pray together but we also need to serve together. And, and, and that, that avenue of service really takes place when we scatter from one another, but we have each other's back out in the world, and we know that we're going to support one another uh, as we're out there as individual servants in the world. But Ronnie Floyd says a lot of people are satisfied with just gathering here but not taking it out there. That's a problem within the church. Again, that's an in general statement. Uh, thankfully, uh, I, think, I think Clifford Baptist Church is unusual uh, in that regard. I think that there are many, many here who love serving the Lord. Uh, in general, perhaps, that's, that's a truth for the, the church, but I, I think we're a, a little more of a rare breed here, that uh, many, many want to serve the Lord uh, and grow in the Lord. As we were talking about men's ministry, I think that's, the fire is catching on, and that's what we want. One major comment of the author uh, the church is not as concerned for looking for the lost as taking care of its own members. That's, that's a, a very pointed statement that we care more for ourselves than we do for those who are going to hell. Uh, just to put it bluntly, that's what he's saying. It's, it's become, the church has become more of a closed circuit. And that we, we look at ourselves and we take care of ourselves and we provide for our comforts. But we're not so intent on looking at the lives of lost people in the world. Uh, we're comfortable with uh, our own self-sufficiency. Well, let me ask you. Do you think that's hitting a nail on the head or do you think that's a stray thought? How do you feel about what Ronnie Floyd is saying here? Mike? Tony Clark, yes. So... Uh, he used a little bit of shock value uh, to, to raise the attention of what we really get upset about. When Jesus cried over the lost, Jesus wept over the lost. Uh, and that should absolutely be our attitude, that, that we want to claim those lives. 
And I don't think there's one person in this room who can honestly say, I don't know a lost person. Probably most of us can say, there's someone in my family that I'm, I'm deeply concerned about. Uh, so we know that we're surrounded by the lost. And we know just as Jesus met that woman at the well, he had an appointment with her. Uh, and I've said this quite a few times since that sermon about the woman at the well. I believe that every one of us, if we're a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, our life is filled with appointments. You don't, you don't meet anybody by happenstance. Uh, I believe that just as Jesus had an appointment to meet that woman at the well, and he went there intentionally waiting for her to come, I think God gives his children appointments throughout our week that we meet people who need Jesus. Uh, how we relate to them is going to be different for every one of us. Uh, sometimes it may be an unspoken smile or uh, a gesture or a kind word, uh, maybe especially to someone who's not so kind to us. Uh, you know, it's, as, as Jesus said, it's easy, to be, it's easy to be nice to people who are nice to you, but it's hard to reach out to your enemy. It's hard to reach out to the person who doesn't return that kindness. But we're, we, we have those appointments. Well, Mike said something. I don't want to cut off and just leave it at that. Does anybody else have anything you want to say about where you feel the church is standing in the world today? Or has the church changed in your experience? And, and there's, there's an art to dealing with different people in their different phases and, and stances in life. As Jesus dealt with people. You, you look at the life of Jesus and how he related to scribes and Pharisees, how he related to a woman caught in adultery. I mean, it's amazing how Jesus dealt with different people in different ways. Clyde, an inconvenient truth to society. No, no, that, that is absolutely true. It, it was true for Jesus. He told the truth. He was hated for it. Uh, so, so really, we, we have to develop the mindset that while we are commissioned to go into the world with the good news and we are to represent our Savior, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to pat us on the back. And, and we need to expect, Jesus said, I'm hated and you'll be hated too. So really, it's, it's, it's not an if, it's a when that we're going to meet with pushback. Well, you know, one of the ways that Pastor Clyde and I have talked about it one of the ways that, that I have kind of described the church in America is that, you, you know, the, the little lizard called the chameleon, that if, if it's in a green environment, it turns green. If it's in a brown environment, it'll turn brown. It changes to match its environment. And Jesus never told the church to do that. Jesus said, stand true, stand strong, stand on my word, and don't change. You're to stand above your environment. You're to be the salt of the earth. You're to change the world, not be like the world. And I, I think there's a drift. Again, I'm not throwing the rocket at any denomination or any particular church, but I do think there is a drift of churches wanting to become chameleons in order not to lose people or in order to draw people. But, and we want to draw. You know, when you lift up Jesus, what did he say? What's, what did he say happens if we lift him up? He said, I'll draw all men to myself. But we have to lift him up in truth, not, not in compromise. You won't draw anybody to Jesus in compromise. Okay, so thank you for the amen. Randy, you have a little thing on your board. I, I think you wrote it there on your, in your Sunday school class about how Israel, you know, they, how they would get away from God and God would send a judge or a king and pull them back on course 
uh, they would be faithful to God, and then after a course of time, they would start to drift away again. And it is a cycle. It is a cycle. Uh, not God's fault, but it's our fault of not following Him. B- basically, there are so many distractions from the church, especially on our worship day. Uh, and, and I remember from my childhood, uh, <laughs> which was a long, getting longer ago all the time, but I remember from my childhood that Sunday was a day that you didn't do anything. Uh, and, you know, when I grew up, my dad did not go to church. My mother took my sister and me to church. Dad did not go. But dad honored the day. He, he, he said, I absolutely will not work on this day. Now, my dad did come to Christ. My dad get, did get saved, and uh, he, he became a, a, great, a great believer. But even in the day when he wasn't saved, he honored the Sabbath day. Uh, and I, I think that was our culture back maybe 50 years ago. Not so today. Okay, I can tell you, I'm not going to get it through this lesson tonight, but that's okay. Uh, what we're talking about is very important stuff. So, the church culture of our day reflects something that's crept in to our society uh, more and more, and that is a consumer-driven mentality. Uh, again, 50 years ago, when, uh, when my mom and dad were uh, in the workforce, they didn't expect a handout from anybody. Uh, they didn't expect a check from the government. Uh, they didn't expect help to come. They were going to work their way through. Tom's dad's in his 90s, and I know that was his mindset. You're growing up. Uh, you just, you, you know, you, you made your way, uh, but we today, the number one priority of church members is, because of this mentality then, the number one desire for church members is, what can the church do for me? Yeah, how can the church meet my needs? And if the church doesn't meet my needs then I'll pack up and I'll find me a new church that will meet my needs. If that church doesn't meet my needs, I will pack up and find another one that will meet my needs. The goal of people really has changed. The emphasis, according to God's Word, is, is serving the Lord by serving others. Not what can I get, but what can I give. You know, and, I, and I, you know, President John Kennedy in his inaugural address, uh, just, this just springs to mind, he, he played on that. It's not what my country can do for me, it's what I can do for my country. And I'm sure uh, there are a number of you that remember that statement uh, that he made in his address in that cold January day. Uh, so really that's what the church is about. How? Can I channel my ministry and my service and my giving and my talent and my calling here? How can that be channeled through the ministry of the church? What can I give? Not so much of what I can get. You will get plenty, but that's not the mindset. What brings you and me together is what can we give together? How can we give in such a way that we can draw the Lord uh, or give the Lord to, the, to people who are lost? How, how can we worship together that we're giving together, that we lift Him up together? Uh, here's a quote from the book. If a Christian does not have his or her needs met in a church, I said this, this, but this is the way Ronnie Floyd said it, then he or she will just move on to greener pastures. It's like the old service station concept. Uh, Christians pull into the church, they sit in their car, they are waited on in every way, Then they drive away only to return when they need help again. 
If the service does not meet their expectation, they will change service stations. Uh, so we're on the same track there. Ronnie Floyd says that personal need now outweighs personal conviction to give our life to the Lord. Uh, okay, so, so let me ask let me just stop right there and ask, is that on target or is that a bit jaded? Uh, have we gone too far in our description or are we on target with that? Well, there's not been an official meeting plan, but um, I know there's been many discussions and meetings held like how do we reach, you know, with like divorce care? How do we reach people who are hurting who have been through divorce? And we we're, you know, we provided divorce care till. COVID came, and hopefully we can get back on the rails there. Uh, uh, we, we've tried to reach out to families who have experienced loss uh, in, in the same way. So there's, been a, there's not been one particular one discussion, but a multitude of discussions. Clyde? All right, so we have a care portal that's really going to be presented here uh, May 12th. I think it's a couple of Wednesday nights. It's a Wednesday night. David Frett uh, is going to be here to talk to us about different ministry opportunities. Uh, there, there is, there's nothing that, that anybody's going to be forced into, but you're going to have lots of opportunity to hear about needs in our community, and you as an individual can reach out to meet those needs, including uh, child care when a family is broken apart and the children are left out and uh, we can take them in individual families, but you're going to hear about Care Portal in a couple Wednesday nights. Derek? And, and I will say this, too, as far as the, 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 uh, the pastors and leadership here, if someone comes and says, I want to start a MOPS group, I want to, I want to start a group to reach preschoolers and, and young moms or young families, we're, we're open. You know, we want to hear the plan and we'll provide space and we'll see that it happens. So sometimes ministry... Uh, bubbles up from individual desire, and God moves on your heart to, to work in a direction. We want to work with you. We want to walk with you in that and provide what you need to get something moving in that direction. So sometimes, you know, three, three guys or a board of directors doesn't have all the, the ideas, but it comes from us. It comes from us in, in, in unity together, and when that idea and that, that ministry fire flames up, that's, we want to jump on that and move in that direction. So when God moves on your heart, talk to us, and we'll see what we can do to, to, to work together. We are certainly supposed to be an agent of change in our society. So, yes. Uh, and again, the mindset of service, uh, you know, the, that, that's a mindset that individually we have to, to agree to the truth that we need to be servants uh, and the church needs to continue in that direction of pointing us all to, to there, there's no such thing as a pew potato uh, in church by the definition of the Bible. No, nobody is commissioned to come and worship and go home and let somebody else do your work. Nobody, not, not a soul. It's a growing relationship in that, in, in understanding that. And it is a growth. It's not a light switch. It's a growth. And, and that's why ministry has to be patient. Uh, and ongoing. And while we have over 600 uh, positions to be filled this year um, and 900 members, the nominating committee still struggles because not everybody has the mindset. And I'll, I'll stop there. But the nominating committee struggles, 900 members, 600 positions, and we have a hard time. 
Does that, does that say anything? Uh, maybe it's convicting to all of us that we, that we need to do our part. Okay, you know, with, as you mentioned, baby Christians, they should be in an atmosphere, in an atmosphere where the, the, the moment that they become Christian, that they're in a mentoring atmosphere of this is what, this is what we do. This is, this, is, this is the life that you've stepped into. This is what Jesus calls you to as his child. Uh, so, okay, well, we've set, we've set the stage. Well, this is a study of prayer. We haven't gotten there yet. We'll pick that up next week. Uh, Pastor Clyde, we have 10 minutes, so I'm going to turn the floor over to you and let you lead us in prayer tonight. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.